Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall, and as ever, it is a pleasure to be in your company. This week, we are building up to the big one the dust up in the desert. Ruiz versus Joshua. Part two. Can't wait for this. It's going to be epic. On the show at the weekend, we are guest galore. If you missed it, don't worry. They're all going to be featured in this podcast for you as we build up towards the big fight. We start with the big man himself, the former heavyweight champion of the world. I know that sounds a little bit weird, me saying that, but he has got his eyes on the prize. He's a man with a mission. He wants to be known as a two-time heavyweight world champion. Myself and Gareth A. Davis went up to Sheffield to the English Institute of Sport to speak to Anthony Joshua. Right, Mr. Joshua. Yes, sir. I want to ask you a question because I know that you're a, you love this game. You're a, you're yeah. a studier of the game. You love the history of the game. Yeah. What does it mean to you to become a two-time heavyweight champion of the world? Massive. It's big news. Do you know what I mean? Um, it means that you, you've been here. You belong here. You've done it once. You can do it again. I just... I didn't know even what... Or how important it is to be one time. So to be two time, I just know how important that is and what it means. It's big news. It's immense legacy, that, doesn't it? Because no disrespect to previous champions, there have been some that have, yeah. have got there maybe from lucky punches and various things like that. Yeah. But when you do it two time, yes. that's immense legacy that you're actually that's the real immense. deal. That's what I'm trying to say. So it shows that a man that does it once can definitely do it again. And that kind of cements your legacy. Even though, you know, like Floyd Mayweather never lost. But he went up in division and done it that way. He yeah, cemented yeah. his legacy by moving up and beating champions. So I've just got to do mine a different way and become two-time heavyweight champion of the world. I think that has a different kind of ring to it, in my opinion. Regarding, we've, we've spoken to a lot of fighters actually recently regarding mental health and various things like that. Yeah. I have no doubt that the last six months have been a very different place <laughs> for you. Very different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firstly, how are you? And, and how, how has that six-month period been for you? It's interesting when you say about mental health. Um, I don't know what mental health is because I haven't researched it enough. 
But there are definitely things that we go through as fighters and questions we ask ourselves. And as a fighter, right, you, you never want to kind of ask these questions because you're a fighter. You're supposed to be the one dealing with it all. But, but you're also a man, a real man. You yeah. know what I mean? You're a human being. Yeah. With real feelings. Yeah, yeah. But as a fighter, you just, you just learn to deal with things, right? So you fight through. That's the whole mindset. But it's been, it's been cool. Um, I just believe that you've got to trust your instinct in life. That's all it is. And the good thing is, is that we're all born different. But the only thing that humans have in common is time. So this time around, I feel like I use my time wisely. So in terms of preparation and trial and error, like me and my coaches, we always debate because I don't have, I just keep on saying it, I don't have yes men around me. Like, coach, can we do this? Yeah, yeah, cool. So this time, you know, after fighting, normally I can be chilling abroad or chilling with the boys. But I just took myself back to Finchley, my amateur club, and I was just training there. And um, me and my coaches we were just training, working on so many different things that when we get to now crunch time, we're in the right place. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, even though it's going to be tough, nothing's easy, especially when it comes to this sport, but you've got to put yourself in the right place. And that's why I say is that the only thing we have equal is time, and I feel like I use mine as wise as possible. Have, have you surprised yourself how you've reacted to defeat? Because it no. seems to have reignited some type of fire. I can see it in your eyes when you're speaking right now. Nah, Joey's, I took losses before. I remember all my losses. And I just know, if you know me, like, you give a man a second chance, he's going to come again. And it's not just about boxing, because I feel like before boxing, you have to have something in you anyway, or before you do a certain thing or job or passion, you have to have it in you anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like this is just who I am anyway. So this is just going to be my reflection as a person that's going to be echoed through boxing. Has it bothered you at all, though, Anthony? And, and you've clearly seen... It's, we're in a sport of opinions. Everyone's got an opinion about boxing, but there's only two men that make that lonely walk, and yeah, you're one yeah, of yeah. them, you know? Yeah. Um, has the opinions of people, has the opinions of your critics, has the opinions of your, your rivals kind of stirred something in you that, nah, hang on, you're all wrong about me because they weren't actually in your boots yeah. on the week yeah. of the fight with Ruiz, yeah, yeah, yeah. on what you felt afterwards. Yeah. And that it, it, maybe that is what's maybe stirred something in you. Yeah, it's good, it's good. It's definitely good to listen. Listen more, less talking. So I've done a lot of listening, which is good. Some of it you can find truth in as well. So sometimes you've got to look at your critics as well. Not in a bad way. You've got to say, you know what, they're right. Maybe I do need to take something away from what they're saying. But some of it you just think is utter nonsense and you think to yourself, you know what, if they thought that was the best version of me, watch what, what, watch what is yet to come. So I look at it from both aspects. Is the critics, from a positive point of view, is what I can take away, not rather than, oh, they're idiots, forget what they're saying, they're just a hater. I just think, you know what, cool, I respect that person's opinion and I'm going to take that with me. Then the other side is, that person is an idiot, he's a hater, and so he don't know the half of what yet of what is yet to come. So when you've got that, you just level yourself up each time. And that's why when, I, when we spoke about mental health, mm-hmm. from that point of view is that you just build this like barrier around you where yeah. you don't let the negative get to you because you use it to your advantage. And even when people are speaking highly of you as well, you don't need that type of energy because you, you don't need like a gas man around you. Do you know what I mean? You need the real. I always believe that your critics will find every flaw in you which is good because if you can use it to your advantage, it will find a way to make perfection. That's just how I use them to my advantage. I mean, I, we probably spend about, I would say, on average, 
14 days a year around yeah. you. Two fights, yeah, your yeah, fight yeah. camps. Yeah. You know, we have other opportunities sometimes with other um, organizations or businesses where we do a shoot with you or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I've known you a fairly long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this mood I feel in you... I haven't seen for a while, and I ju that's just my reflection of you. Yeah. There's a different guy, a, a guy who's maybe just going to jab one out at you when you're not looking, or no, no, really, that there's there's something different about you. Maybe even all the way back to the Olympics. You know. So what we're saying is that, like, it's a show as well. Before it was a lot. Of, it was a lot to do with the show. You know, the boxing show. Mm -hmm. Going to America, that was like a show. Mm. New broadcasters, you got to promote that. That's now a show. I mean, really, when you skim it all back, it's just about the fight. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That's all it's about. So this time around, it ain't about no one else. It ain't about, like, before it was about, what are you doing next? I ain't even got over the first hurdle when we're worrying about what we're doing next. And then after you do that, what are you doing next? And now it's just caught cool, one step at a time. Um, and I'm not complaining about the way it was before because it was all a blessing, but I can only speak on what I've learned mm. from the situation. And that's just what it is, is that before it was like a show. So you're just kind of... Which was all coming really, really fast because you'd never had time to breathe or take it all in. to breathe or take it all in. Yeah, but you remind me of that moody kind of 20-year-old sat next to me in Bethnal Green <laughs> at York Hall who was sitting on my seat, <laughs> sitting on my thigh. I beg your pardon. Taking up two seats. No, that's, that's how big show. he is. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different show. No, 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 but, but a bit of that kind of like edge. Pause, yeah, yeah, Eddie yeah. reckons you've got an edge about you yeah. that he hasn't seen for a while. No, you know? we're, all, we're all firing. You know, it's just, it's just a focus, man. Before it's like, it's, yeah. of course, it was the show, which is good because you're winning. You make something out of it, which we have to do, but it's just about winning now. I just know that no one wants, no one wants you on their show if you're losing. Let's remember, like, after the Olympics, you win your bronze, you win your silver, you win your gold. At first, everyone wants you. It's the show. Mm. You know, it's the show of the Olympics. Then sooner or later, no one wants a bronze medalist anymore. So the show starts dying down. Mm. Then it starts focusing on now the gold medalist after the silver medalist disappear. Yeah. Then after that, it's about the character. So you can't always be in it just for the show because the show dies down. Then it's about who has ticked all the boxes and that's what this training camp is about now. It's ticking you, all the boxes. You come across as the type of guy that likes to be the hunter. Yeah, that's what I say. I was never really like, oh yeah, I'm champ and stuff. I'm on it. I'm hungry. I'm looking for the next kill. Um, <laughs> and that's like, in every fight sometimes you may get hit, cool, but we bounce back and we're going to go again. But I never get too ahead of myself because I always feel like... I always have a challenger mindset, a hunter's mindset. Just finally, what does it mean? You're, you're all about groundbreaking nights, massive ticket sales at Wembley and various things like that. Yeah. Middle East now, my friend. Different yeah. location. What does it mean to you to obviously be blazing a trail out there as well? I just think even that fight poster is legendary. You know <laughs> what I mean? The fight poster is just like legendary and iconic. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And even like everyone involved in it is a part of history. I know we're not there yet because... You have to do the hard yards under the dark lights to shine under the bright lights. Ooh, you know, I like, like that. Ooh, poetry, baby. <laughs> Let's end with poetry. I love it. No, so yeah, you got you got to do that. You got to do the hard that. yards. That's a tattoo. That's a tattoo. It's a tattoo. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. get that edge. You win, I'll get that tattoo. <laughs> We're moving into the show now. You got to go get back to the fight. But I think when we get out there and we see what it's all about, you see the stadium, you start seeing people coming out. I think we'll start to know what, how much history this event is, is, is really going to mean. As you said, like two-time heavyweight champion of the world and so on and so forth. So I'm saying it, I'm putting it out there and I'm going to do it.
Now, if this is the first time you've ever come across this podcast, don't be afraid to subscribe. You can do it via iTunes or you can do it via the TalkSport website, TalkSport.com. Hit the button and therefore we'll always end up in your feed on a Monday morning, bringing you all the latest from the world of boxing and some of the biggest names as well. Now, you just heard from Anthony Joshua. It's time to hear from the first ever Mexican heavyweight world champion. Gareth A. Davis went along to America to set up camp with Andy Ruiz. Andy, I'm here with you at Legends Gym. You're on great form. You look fantastic. You look no different when we met six months ago. Um, you look extremely confident. You're putting the hard work in. Are you looking forward to the fight a month away? Of course, man. You know, this is what I've been dreaming about. Um, I accomplished my dreams June 1st, and I still have a lot more to prove. So December 7th, I'm going to come out the same way I did June 1st and become victorious. How satisfying is it? You and I spoke at length about your family how satisfying is it to provide for so many members of your family and to maybe you're giving back to an awful lot that they gave you as well? It feels good, you know, it's a big blessing, not just for me, but for my family, my mom, my dad, my brothers, and especially my kids. And, you know, this is what we fight for, to make our dreams come true and to help out the ones that need help. What's the weirdest thing you've had to do since you have been heavyweight champion of the world? Um, Is it the chat shows and all those things? Because you kind of sat there and looked around like, I'm on the Jimmy Kimmel show. (laughs) No, but it's like you were looking around going, here I am. And it's like you didn't seem at all phased by it or nervous or... No, because this is what I've been dreaming about. This is what I've been praying for. This is what I've been working for my whole life. So everything came so fast. So, yeah, I got a little overwhelmed of so many things, you know, that have been coming. But the, I think the best thing is meeting the, the president of Mexico, Andres Lopez. That's one of the big, biggest things that, that I've been doing that I did after the fight. So that and meeting a lot of mayors and governors from Mexico. Because you were both and Andy, yeah? Yeah. So you did your fist bump with him you know <laughs> of course yeah but he was a very humble guy as well the president he is yeah. he's really humble you know he's one of the presidents that drives to his house and drives back in his car so it's crazy man he's a, he's a he's a really good guy a guy a president that wants to help his people so it's different than a lot of different presidents when you went to mexico obviously you've said it out loud a lot you said it before you fought anthony joshua you talked about destiny you felt it was your time that the lottery wheel had spun around and it come up and it mm-hmm. to Andy Ruiz. And you told me here on the other side of this ring six months ago, yeah, I know it's my destiny to be the first Mexican heavyweight champion in the world. I know what I've been through. I know the heartbreak. I know the sacrifices. When you were in Mexico itself, how were you treated by the people there? It must have been quite interesting because they must love the fact it was hard going just to the store, trying to go grocery shopping, just going out to go eat because of the people. They they all attacked me, you know. Because mobbed of, you. They yeah, mo- they, yeah, they mobbed me. In, attacked you in a nice way. Yeah. In a nice way by wanting pictures, autographs. So it's incredible how Mexico adopted me and um, becoming a, uh, their own little legend. Because it's, it's really interesting how you brought the two cultures together in, because Mexican-Americans were very excited about you winning as well. Mm-hmm. I mean... Does it ever overawe you that you've become a, a totem, totemic figure for so many people? I do, but you know what? To me, I'm still the same Andy. I'm still the same chubby little kid with a big dream. Um, I can't believe you're still saying that about yourself. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm still, I'm still. You're the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, I'm still that guy. I'm still that person. But you know, inside of the ring, I'm the champion of the world. I'm, I'm Mr. Hulk in there. I, I'm the guy that still has a big dream and it still has a lot more to accomplish. What can we expect to see from you against Anthony Joshua this time? You're both going to the East this time. You're both. You're in a neutral territory. Yes, it's nearer the UK in our time zone. What can we expect to see from you this time against Anthony Joshua? I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks in December 7th. The same, the same way that I came out June 1st is the way that I'm going to come out of the ring. So well, I'm going to become victorious and I'm still going to remain champion. So I think that's the main thing right now that I'm focused on is just winning. But the te technically, you don't have to worry about your own game or do you, have to, do you have to impose yourself this time? Last time you played a very clever game, you felt his power you were able to get away and up and out of it, um, and then you outboxed him, and you outstruck him, and you outspeeded him, and you out it was in the combinations where you, you threaded through him, basically. You knocked him down four times, you belittled him at one of the iconic venues. It was one of the big seismic shifts in the heavyweight division. Does that give you great confidence to carry into a second encounter? Yeah, of course, it gives me confidence, but I don't wanna, I don't wanna, look over him you know i know he's gonna have a a few you respect tricks. him yeah of course i respect all the fighters because we all risk our lives inside of the ring but of course he's gonna have some tricks up his sleeve and it's our it's my job for it not to um affect me or anything so i think the main thing is just to pressure throw my combinations use my speed and not let him grow balls in there mm. have you had to become more patient with more people like me wanting your time, wanting to understand who you are and where it all comes from. Have you had to develop another layer of like um, just, just patience with people that want to ask you the same questions over and over? Why, how, who, where, when? Of course, you know, but like I said, it's, it all comes with the, with with the, territory. the, with the territory. and um, There's a great quote, by the way, worth remembering from George Foreman. And I don't know if you know this, but he says that no one prepares you. There's no preparation for being heavyweight champion of the world. And he says, every time you open your mouth when you're the heavyweight champion of the world, it becomes world news. And I think what you've done very cleverly, you're not an offensive person. You do that in, with your fists. You do that with your feet, your fists, your dance. Of dogs course, in the I, ring. I talk inside of the ring. You know, I yeah. let my hands talk. I don't mm. like to talk behind yeah. people's back or nothing. So I'd rather tell it to their face or inside of the ring. So. Um, I think there's a lot of it's different be, between me and, uh, and other fighters. Are we going to see you fight all of these guys and end up as the generational number one? Because you need to beat Wilder, you need to beat uh, Joshua again, you need to beat Fury, maybe, maybe even someone like Dillian White to be considered the number one. Do you want to be the king of the jungle in this era? Of course, man. That's one of the, the biggest dreams that I have right now, and my goal is to win December 7th and then win my, my other next fight. So I know this fight is really important, and that's why we're staying focused. So we could win this fight and kick some ass on someone else. Your time is precious. I really appreciate you allowing me to come into your camp and see you again. I wish you the best of luck in a month's time. We look forward to seeing you very soon. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All my fans, all my supporters, I appreciate everybody. So thank you. Tune in on The Zone, December 7th.
On the show at the weekend, we also spoke to another heavyweight just to get his expert opinion on how he believes the fight should play out. A man that has been helping Anthony Joshua in sparring. The one, the only, Derek Chisora. That's the first time, because the last time I worked with him, he was still an amateur. So I, uh, and then when he had this fight coming up, I said, I'll come down for like one night and see what he's doing and try and help him. So it went well. Did you do a lot of rounds with him in the end? Yeah, we did a couple of rounds, which was, <laughs> which was good, yeah. What's your, I mean, you're going out to Saudi, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to Saudi. Cool. Um, did you try and get on the card at any point? I tried to, but I didn't want to. I saw there was no purpose. Uh, with me and David decided. I wanted to, and then I said to David, so this is where your management comes in. Now you tell me the pros and cons, and he said he said out straight, and I said, okay, cool, done. I won't fight on the bill. I think that's there's a reason for this, because we're hearing it's not confirmed yet, but you may be up against Alexander Usyk at some point in the new year. We're, it's a fight, if it does happen, that we're all very excited about. Is it one that, that you would take if it's on the table for you? Hey, listen, I love fighting, so I'm excited. If whoever it is, as long as it's a great show, a good deal, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. Listen, as you said, you've known Anthony Joshua for a very long time. You know, you've learnt how to build your career and that you can stay in the division, stay relevant, uh, that, that an undefeated record isn't everything. You know, it's all the way back to 2012. You're fighting some of the greats of the heavyweight division and learning yourself 12 rounds against Vitaly Klitschko way back in 2012. Um, a fight with David Hay that year as well, of course, just before the Olympics when Anthony Joshua came on the scene. What kind of advice... Have you been able to give Anthony, who you've known since him being a young man? I, I listen. I told him, you know, I told Anthony, listen, just do what you need to do best. You know, keep it long, make the fight boring. You know, and you take him out the later rounds. Because I don't mix it up with him because you know he's got fast hands. So, uh, you know, I'm like, don't worry about losing the fight as well. You know, it's the the most important thing is the comeback. You know, people forget your loss. You know, it's what happens when you come back from your look from your loss. You know, it's how you come back. It's going to be amazing. So just enjoy it. Did you find, as I did, that Anthony's, AJ's mentality is really good uh, in this camp? That he's kind of the, 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 the edgy bits of him really show that he's got the bit between his teeth going back into this rematch? Listen, it's a great rematch, you know. First of all, it's a good rematch, but we want AJ to win, you know, for everybody to for boxing to stay alive. And, uh, you know, for he's he's buzzing for this rematch. You know, he's excited, excited. you know, um, the way he's talking, even when you're watching his interviews, the way he's a stadium that shadows us training hard. So, you know, a fair deal to, to AJ, AJ's team, you know, they've gone out there now. There's only a couple of days left for the fight. Do you and, and so you're of the, the you're of the mind that yes he wants to win this fight yes the comeback fight the redemption fight is there but all is not lost if it doesn't go his way that there's still a way back and does he know that? Listen, uh, he has to win. There's no there's no second second gear in this. He yeah, has yeah. to win this fight. He has to like. Put it this way, he has to die in the ring. He has to die trying because 
If you don't, you, do you understand? I mean, like I do. Money goes away in boxing for yeah. for the heavyweights. You know, you know, money just goes away. He has to win. And then I think Sky, even Eddie's praying to his gods right now for him to win. So he has to win. You know, even myself, I'm, I want him to win so badly. You know, so. You know, that's why we, I'm going there to support him, you know, with, with by shouting, by everything I can do to help him to win this fight. Do you think you'll be in the changing room on the night as well, Derek? I don't want to disrupt them, Lord. <laughs> I'll be just there anyway, so I don't want to go in the changing room. They've got their own thing going on. I'm just going to go there and support. Great words, Derek, and we thank you for speaking to us, and uh, we can't wait to see your comeback in 2020 as well. Thanks very much. It's been a great year for you. It's been great to be around you. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, sir. Bye. Cheers. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Now, following on from speaking to the fighters, I think it's only fair that we speak to the promoter, the man that has taken this fight out to Saudi, Eddie Hearn. We caught up with him in Sheffield at AJ's Media Day. I think he's been through a lot, you know, and I think that... uh, you sort of go through different experiences, through through victories and defeats. And I think he's a very, very focused individual. Like The work that he's put in in his training camp has been on another level. I think he's... I remember a couple of things very vividly from all the events around the fight. One was going round to his house that he was staying at in New York the day after the fight. And he sort of said to me... He was there with all his friends and he said... It's very unlike him, he sort of said... We'll go for a chat outside and I was talking to him and he was like he wasn't sort of searching for the answers but it was very much like like he didn't really know what to think it hadn't sunk in at that moment and then he didn't leave the house for two or three days 
but the front that he wore, he will, he will always show respect in defeat. And like a lot of people took his congratulations, Andy, in the ring after and as a weakness. Mm. But you can't imagine how much he was hurting inside because I know the competitor that he is. He didn't leave the house for about three days. Then he went back to the UK eventually. And then I went to see him outside. I was sitting actually in this bus because he was doing a shoot for Under Armour. And it was, he was still like, it just... Cogitating. He hadn't, it, it yeah. just, it, hasn't, it hadn't resonated with him. And he was angry and he was like, it was eating him up. But at the same time... The process is It was. Weird. It way. was. But also, he would walk past people and they would go, Hey, Jay, you'll be back, thanks, man. You know, and he, you, like, you... If you weren't, if you didn't know him, you would not have seen that, and you would have actually thought to yourself, "I don't think this guy's even that bothered about losing." But the people around him saw how much it was eating him up, and it took him a long time to sort of get his head together and say, "Right, this is what I need to do," you know. And once he got that together, that was with the camp, you know, that was with the sparring. But from that defeat, I feel like he's just been just thinking and learning and putting this plan together to it's not just about beating Andy Ruiz it's about getting better like you'd notice from the interview he doesn't really like he says like the wins and the losses don't define him it's just improving as a fighter and an individual and he's so right what he says is this is a guy he only found boxing at like 16, 17 he got slung in the amateurs he come up here as a Sheffield he was on tag right and they put him in sparring he's sparring like with a tag on and next thing he's in the world champs, he wins silver. Next thing he's in the Olympics, he wins gold. Next thing he's debuting at the O2. Next thing he's fighting Dillian White on pay-per-view for the British title. Next yeah. thing he's fighting for the world title. Next thing he's boxing Klitschko in front of 90,000. Next thing he's at, um, in Cardiff at the Millennium Stadium unifying. Next thing he's at Madison Square Garden. And like the, I think this loss has really made him just sit back and sort of really appreciate all the experiences he's had. He hasn't been boxing 11 years, 12 years, 13 years, like some of these guys. So he's had to learn on the job. I guess there was a couldn't believe we've lost kind of mentality because you, you get to a stage where you, I think you probably feel like you're unbeatable. You know, you're on top of the world. And um, he didn't expect to lose that fight, for sure. I mean, he spent the whole week people telling him how easy the fight was going to be. And that's what I said in, in the media hustle was, you know, people saying now, oh, Reese, wow. Oh, this Ruiz, he's fast, he's dangerous. Well, go back to the comments the week before the fight. It was, he's a joke. He's Look at the state of him. I mean, this is another gimme fight for Anthony Joshua. I mean, when's he going to fight a real com- contender? We knew how good Andy Ruiz was. Yeah, the style wasn't good. He just said something in there to um, in an interview. And they said, you know, do you, do you rate Andy Ruiz? He said, I rate Andy Ruiz, he's a good fighter. He just shouldn't be beating me twice. You know, and that's the truth of it. Like, you look at the odds now. Anthony, and Anthony Joshua has just lost by a stoppage defeat to Andy Ruiz. He got knocked down four times in the fight. He is a three to one on favourite to win the rematch. Like, and I don't. I think it's a fifty-fifty personally. But after that interview, maybe he is a three to one. But but you see different things in him, and I've never seen him so focused to get a win. And I think that. It just became a little bit boring's the wrong word. You can't say too easy, no, can you? Not too easy. Well, just frustrated. For, like, I don't know. Even just he wasn't getting the credit. No one was really saying. And I feel like this is the moment where he can come back, win this fight, and start cementing a legacy as a great. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. if you're just being like, say you would have beaten Andy Ruiz, no one would have given him any credit. 
They would have gone agree with state you, of yeah. Andy yeah, Reid. Look at him, he's just this fat heavyweight. Who knows? In fact, if he'd have got up in the third round and AJ would have finished him, everyone would have gone, yeah, nice knockout, but let's be honest, it was Andy Reid. When you're fighting Tyson Fury exactly. and Deontay Wilder. So, so now it's like, wow, can he beat Andy? Like, that, that, so yeah, I believe everything happens for a reason. And if he wins, this is you know, the greatest period of, of his life and learning. You know, and maybe he wasn't learning in the way that he wanted to learn before, as in taking the time to analyse, overanalyse things and saying, these are the changes I need to make. Because when you're winning, it's hard to make changes. Why, you know, sort of fundamental changes. A loss is a learn, they say. Yeah, it is. Well, he said, I think the greatest quote that I think he's ever put out, I know it's an old quote, is never let success go to your head and never let failure go to your heart. And that is, I think, that's just, like, that's AJ all over. That's an Eddie Hearn quote. That's that's a no context, huh? (laughs) Regarding (laughs) pressure, Mm. have you ever managed the fighter going into a fight with this amount of pressure on him to get a victory? Uh... Yeah, I think, um, I don't, the pressure for him is, and this sounds corny, it's the pressure he puts on himself to perform. Like, he just really wants to perform well. He really wants to win. I think he plays down a little bit how much he wants to win. You know, saw in that, oh no, it's about this. He wants to win. Bad. Bad. Um, But you kind of like, you know, I mean, from my point of view, I'm excited, I'm nervous. But I'm more excited than nervous because, like, you got a chance, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he said, he said when he was in court and the judge was making his ruling, he said, "Please, please give me this chance and this this a second this break, this second chance." He said, "And I kind of feel like that now, you know. Give me this second chance, and I've got it. So I've got to take it because that's what I did before. So." I think, I think it's not going to dawn on us, all of us, till we get out there in the middle of the desert in, in a 16,000 capacity new arena and the fight week, everything, just completely mad and then just thinking to each other, wow, the whole world will be watching this fight. I'm telling you, the world will stop to watch this fight. This is going to go down as one of the big, big heavyweight fights of all time. Even with the location. Well, I was going to say, with that in mind, I know there's a lot of money involved mm. in this, but was it easy to make the decision for the location? Um, it was kind of like it, the two main things were Ruiz's reluctancy to fight in the UK, and the second one was the money. So you can't, you know, in this sport, no one has the right to tell a fighter where and where they can't box. When this deal came in, and it was a chance to stage the fight on neutral venue, and Ruiz, we, we actually said to Ruiz, you know, we've had an opportunity to go to Saudi. Would you rather go there than go to the UK? And the answer was, much rather. Um, I just felt like, I don't know, I think part of AJ as well didn't want to feel like, like I don't think he would have got as much credit for winning in the UK as he would do on, on neutral territory. I mean, we've got more credit credit doing it in the US. Or as much money. That. No, but it's like AJ was never bothered where it was. Obviously, he's got people around him who look at the deal and the finances, and he want, listen, he wants to make as much money like the next man. But I think with him, the UK... The team, training team, would say, quite rightly, that the best place for you to take this fight is in the UK. And he said, I really don't care. US, Saudi Arabia, you guys look at it. And we looked at it, the money came in. I explained with Ruiz, you know, will he come to the UK? How much of a different difference would it be? And you know what? I love the idea of it. 
it's a mega fight in the Middle East. When, when people talked about the thriller in Manila, everyone was moaning about it being in the Philippines and you know the ruler of the country at the time. When it was the rumble in the jungle, everyone was talking about this dictatorship and what on earth are you doing it out there? They're the two most iconic heavyweight fights of all time. The two most watched as well. Exactly. Yeah. And this will be no different because it will be bizarre. It will be iconic. The scenes you'll see is like nothing you've ever seen before. But when it comes down to it, it's still a ring just so happens to be on the dunes in a desert with everything on the line. Is it refreshing for you as a promoter as well to be able to do new things? It seems like everything seems to have been done in this sport, but it seems yeah, that Matchroom are constantly trying to push things forward. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we had it with KSI and, and Logan Paul the other week. When we announced that, everyone moaned. Everyone said it was a joke. By the end of the week, everyone was telling me how great it was. Every journalist and news outlet was saying, we can't believe the numbers are hitting. Every broadcaster was saying to me, when's the next one? You know, and now all of a sudden, well, lo and behold, we do an event in the Middle East, and now the whole entire promotional world is having meetings out there trying to follow suit. So it always takes someone to take the plunge. Unfortunately, when you're the one that takes the plunge, you get 95% of the criticism that comes with it. So when Tyson Fury goes to Saudi, it's like, go on, Tyson. <laughs> and Eddie Earn goes there. It's like, you're an absolute disgrace. <laughs> so um, everyone's going to be going to Saudi. Everyone's going to be going to the Middle East because they want the biggest fights possible. And they've got more money than anybody in the world to stage these big events. Everybody in the camp, everyone around Anthony Joshua, everyone supporting him, perhaps all of Britain, believes Anthony Joshua will win. Does he, Eddie, have to win for the future of his career on December the 7th in Saudi? No. Um, you know, if he loses, he would be 22 and 2. He would have unified the heavyweight division twice and he would have lost to one man in his career. But much rather he wins. You know, I mean, if he wins, he just becomes one of the biggest stars of all time. And more importantly, it's about the legacy that he creates of coming back, becoming a two-time heavyweight. That, that's actually something that wasn't mentioned in that media scrabble was. He's using this two-time heavyweight world champion as a little bit of a inspiration because that is, that's history. That's career-defining. I was the two-time heavyweight champion in the world. And he's never really had that before because everything's happened so quickly. If he loses, it's not the end. He will continue to improve. But if he wins then, I mean, he, he just goes to absolute superstardom. Finally, the man with a plan. Time to hear from Rob McCracken, who'd come under fire since that first fight. What has he learnt and what changes have been made? Let's hear from the man behind Anthony Joshua. So, Rob, um, Anthony Joshua... Perhaps a changed man after the defeat to Andy Ruiz. Well, it's it's the drive for the opponent, isn't it? You know, he's he's going into a contest with somebody who he's lost to, so it's massive motivation for him. And you know, with all the all the rewards that's came his way in the last few years, um, you know, you're boxing someone who's, who's who's took your titles off you. What big what bigger motivation? And and he's he, for me, he's he's always driven, but he's even more driven for this one. Did you notice it straight away? After the fight, when you had your conversations, your 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 your, your reviews, your then you got back into camp. Did you notice it was a it was a different yeah, Anthony you were dealing with? Yeah, his attitude's been been really good. Um, he's he's determined to, to to do better and put it right. Um, put it right. Ruiz is a good fighter, but at the same time, you know you don't want to be losing fights at, at this level. Um, it's it's a big knock, and 
you know, um, it, it's a real down. There's a lot of hard work gone into it and preparation over the years, and then, you know, to get beat um, is, is disappointing. In, it comes with the territory, which is very disappointing. But he'll do everything he can to put it right now, and and, and you know, me and me and the coaching team will help him put it right. What's the, what's changed regarding the preparation for this particular fight in, in comparison to the first one? Yeah, I think not a lot, not a lot in honest in honesty, but um, certainly um, certainly working on the ranges. The ranges are, are important in this fight. The ranges that you fight out with Ruiz. I think you know using your feet. I think not staying in in front of somebody too long, and I think you've got to punch at the right times and you've got to control him first of all. Control yourself and then control him, and um, you know get the reach working, use your advantages, get the jab working, and bring him onto shots and make it hard for him to come in and throw them hooks and and stop him doing that. Lots of people have obviously spoke about. His ring walk last time and the preparation last time. You'll have heard loads of people speak about that as well yourself. What do you make of all, all think, that noise? I, th- I think because I've been a boxer, um, I think you kind of quickly realise that when you get into a ring, whoever gets out is the winner and whoever gets out of the loser. That's the reality of it. So I think that whatever happens beforehand, and, and you know, it, it, sometimes I spoke to Pat Cowdell 20 years ago great fighter and he said to me I only felt good getting into ring six or seven times in my whole career wow. he said and, and then that's probably common for most fighters you're not always going to get in there and feel a million percent um, but you you know you you're expected to deliver on the night and that's what that's what this sport's all about and that's the pressures that come with it come with the rewards of the pressures of you got to perform at that time on that night and that's certainly what we're doing everything to make sure he can do in this fight in in that respect you you've gone out haven't you and selected specifically smaller fighters with with faster hands haven't you yeah he's got great sparring um the good thing is here is the minute he, he holds his feet and tucks up they're all over him and and that's what you can't do in this fight you've got to control the range and you've got to control control the opponent and he's got all the attributes to do that he's got that reach he's got that solid shots on the on the back foot when he comes over the front foot so he's got everything Everything in his advantages, but obviously Ruiz has got a natural rhythm to himself, and uh, he's a natural fighter. But you know he's shorter. He's got to make up the ground. He's got to, he's got to, he's got to come in, but you know he's got to take stick coming in. He, you know if you take stick coming in for a few rounds, you'll soon slow up. You've got to be you've got to be finding him as he approaches. So we're looking at a Lennox Lewis Hasim Rackman two fight maybe. Oh, fifth round knockout. Well, hopefully we're looking at any. F- we're looking at we're looking at um, where somebody uses their their advantages and nullifies the opponent and 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 you know breaks them down and and you know you've got to be smart in this sport and you don't want to be exchanging with Andy Ruiz who's got quick hands and and can lob a hook or two over the top around your temple. It's not what you want to be doing. You want to be controlling the space and controlling the ring behind that long jab. Does the location of the fight have any bearing on the way you prepare for it, or is a boxing ring a boxing ring for you? Um, Listen, if I'm honest, of course, you know, it's always home comforts are always best, but this, this is heavyweight boxing. We've seen it time and time again. Fighters fight all over the world. You've seen it, you know, with, with, with Lewis. He was based in the UK, but he's always fighting in, in America in big fights. You have to travel, you have to go around. Um, you know, the, the fight's in Saudi. The ring is the ring. Um, I'll go back to when Frotch fought George Groves at um, Wembley, and, and I said, look, the day before, let's just... The ring wasn't up. I said, let's just stay in this spot and imagine this is the ring because that was where the ring was going to be the next day and just get comfortable with it. There's no ring. We look like a pair of 
God knows what. <laughs> but, but we're walking around this bit of grass and saying, like, this is a ring. But then, you know, you just got to familiarise yourself with places. AJ's been there before. He'll be out there in plenty of time, a couple of weeks before. So he'll be, he'll be, overly, he'll be well familiar out there. So by the time he fights, he should be comfortable enough. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that, and we're all guilty of doing it in fight sports, it's a sport of opinions very often. Someone loses and everyone reflects their own views on someone's self-belief and their confidence and what they did wrong, what went wrong in fight week. We're all looking for reasons we discuss. It's one of the great things about boxing. Few people are rarely right. Mm. And, and, and there's a sense with Anthony at the moment that he's looked at it all and said, well, actually, none of you really know, and you will know more than anyone, what was really going on that week, what really went on the night, and even in the aftermath of how he really feels. And am I right in thinking, you know, it's kind of got under his skin a little bit and it's actually worked in his favour? Yeah, hopefully. I, I think the main thing is is that he, he actually enjoys the sport of boxing and, he, and he's fully motivated. And he's, he's lost he, nothing then? He, no, yeah. he's determined. He's worked long and hard and he's he diligently in his sparring and his training. Um, he's left no stone unturned and we're doing everything we can so that he can perform on the night. But um, he's as driven as he ever was, and, and that's nice to see. And, and another thing is he's been, his mood's been good. He's been, you know, he's been looking forward yeah. to his sessions, and that's, that's, that's half the battle with fires. I kind of like the way that he's approached media as well. I know that it's a very different day than what we're used to here, obviously in Sheffield today, but he's gone stealth. We've not seen him, and I like the fact that he's basically gone that's not for me. I'm concentrating on my work. Yeah, he's, t- he's you know, he's, he's worked long and hard. He's took it really seriously. He's, um, he's, he's took it really seriously. He's, he's, he's not overly, overly um, analysing things, but he, he, he wants it, feedback. He wants information. You know what he's work, what he's what he's doing right, what he's what he's not doing right. We're talking constantly between rounds. I've been getting in the ring this time and 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 coaching and sort of refereeing as we go in the spa, so we can break him up and keep it moving. So it makes it harder for him again. Mm. So he's constantly under pressure. So he's got to react at the right times, and that's what we've been doing. So a slight change to the sparring, where you know we're keeping it flowing, not so much holding and keeping them moving. Eddie Hearns called this a high risk, high reward fight. Obviously. There's both there because there's enormous reward if we understand what the purse is for Anthony for this. I don't think any challenger's ever earned as much of this in the heavyweight division. It's enormous. Um, the, the, the reward is three or four of those belts if you count the IBO title back in one fight. Are you happy that the risk and the reward is, 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 is enough in this contest, Rob? I think that the reality is... is, is Professional boxing is is the rewards for the fighters. They they turn professional to achieve things and try and change their lives. And and this just goes hand in hand with the sport. That's yeah. the reality of it. Mm. And you know who am I, who am I to to say to fighters, oh you shouldn't fight, you know on that day and in that place because you'll you'll earn more in in Birmingham than you will in London. Mm. At the end of the day, you know they're trying to, they're they're changing their lives. They're trying to create you know security for their families. And you know he's he's. He's big enough to uh, uh, to have travelled the world and done it as an amateur, and um, now he wants to do a bit of it as a professional. But um, he likes to challenge himself, and, and there's no bigger challenge than Andy Ruiz in, in Saudi Arabia on the 7th of December. It's going to you know it's going to be a massive occasion, and uh, it's going to be one that hopefully, and we think he will, he'll deliver, and um, and then hopefully we'll have we'll have good um, good scrutiny afterwards. You won't answer this because you never do, but. Bell rings. What happens in this fight? He really controls the ranges and he controls <laughs> the space. That's what happens. And he moves his feet and he controls him with that reach. That's what we want to happen, and and that's what should happen. And if he does that, 
Will he get the knockout? Um, I, I, as long as he wins the fight, that's all the training's about. As long as he wins the fight and punches at the right times, that's what this fight's all about. Control him. Control, control the opponent and stick to the strategy and do what you can do. Finally, after this, in your heart, how long do you reckon we've got left with him? Um, you know, somebody asked me earlier about the because you know, oh you just oh you took a load of you know he took criticism, I took criticism after the last fight. Yeah, I'm fully aware of that. About hundred people ringing me up today to tell me what this one said on so and what that. He's just the amateur coach. Yeah, yeah, you're just laughable. You know, um, but um, listen, is is the thing? Um, can can we can AJ perform better? Yes. Can I? do better for him in this fight in the next fight yes because you'll have learned something from the first experience and if you don't learn something there's something wrong with you I, I like the fact that you've explained how you've had the opportunity with other people working the pads with him in this training camp you're watching it from outside the ring because we're so seeing you with him on the pads yeah. and you've been able to take a 3D perspective or a 4D yeah. perspective away from it and looking at his movement and his shapes as well yeah I think yeah without a doubt I think that's been really helpful and I think I mean Benga Benga you know he's been he's been working away in the background Sean Sean Murphy and Gary down at Finchley as well in, in the years gone by and certainly recently with Benga but yeah Joby and, and Angel have come in they, they've been, you know they've really contributed well they've bought into the, to, to what we're doing in the game plan so you know they've been a real asset to us and you know he's been able to work long and hard on things that he wants to perfect and you know when you can just stand there and watch him and see the mis- mistakes it magnifies everything so you know there's no stone left unturned for this fight Gareth the guests keep on coming. The guests keep on coming. Let's get a heavyweight on here. See, we've got a big heavyweight showdown next weekend. Let's get a big heavyweight on. Joe Joyce, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm really good. How are you doing? Very well indeed. Listen, last time we spoke, we were talking about art and various things like this. Let's get stuck onto European titles, shall we, mate? There's a vacant one. Your name is on it. Marco Hook, Germany, the destination. Does it affect your preparations over Christmas, mate? Heavyweights, you know what I mean? You've got to get your food in, you know? You've got to keep an eye on them carbohydrates over Christmas now, haven't you? Yeah, it's uh, obviously normally Christmas is good for, like, relaxing and, uh, you know, spending it with the family and that and, you know, ticking over. But uh, now I'm going to have to, you know, put those uh, plans on hold and, you know, stay in the gym training. But what an opportunity. January the 11th over in Germany against a fighter that a lot of British fight fans will most certainly know about. A lot of guys from around the world know Marco Hook's name. Not only is there a trinket on the line for you, Joe, but there's also a scalp there. There's a, uh, there's a good name to have on that resume in order to kick you forward uh, for, uh, for even bigger fights, world honours in 2020. Yeah, it's a, great, um, it's a great learning fight and, you know, puts me in a good position with the uh, WBC and... Um, it's you know it's a great belt to win uh, to progress my career forward and Marco Hart he's um, you know he's training to win and um, he's going to come in in great shape so I'm really looking forward to fight get back in the ring again and you know show everyone what I'm made of. Any apprehension at all about going to Germany to his backyard? Uh, not a problem. You know I've I've done a lot of travelling in my amateur career so you know it's a, a it's another fight back in Germany. 
Joe, um, best of luck against Marco Huck. I think uh, it's a perfect time for you to go over and face him January the 11th, of course. Um, there's a pressing fight for another British heavyweight next weekend. Um, I'd love to get your view, I'm sure the listeners would, to get your view on how you think Anthony Joshua will fare second time around against Andy Ruiz in Saudi Arabia next weekend. Um, well, I think he's obviously coming in a lot more pre prepared. He's... Um you know he's had a, you know he's he's trying new things and he's um, you know starting to do more footwork drills and, and stuff. What I've seen of him and um, he's coming in lighter, obviously not planned, but um, you know he's training hard. He, I don't think he he must have must have only had like a couple of weeks out and then he's straight back in the gym again. But the same with Ruiz, he's uh, you know he's coming in fit, lighter, and um, you know he hit he. He hits fast and hard, so it's um, you know I'd like to see uh, Joshua come through and get his belts back, um, but I think it's going to be a tricky fight because I think Andrew Ruiz is very, you know, very sharp, very fast, and he, you know he can hit, and he's uh, you know he's been well schooled in in boxing. He's got a great defence and uh, comes with counters. Um, so it's going to be a tricky fight, and uh, you know hopefully it's not going to be. Uh, you know, another uh, Price-Thompson ordeal. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I can see uh, Joshua, you know, moving more, moving around the ring more. And if he, fight, if he boxes him like uh, Klitschko would, then um, he'll get the job done. Well, he's certainly taken advice from Klitschko. So so you back what Derek uh, Chisora's been saying, what uh, uh, Rob McCracken's told us tonight as well, which is, you know, use his footwork, stay behind the jab, be a long, tall fighter, um, and, uh, and and ease his way into the fight. And, and if opportunities come, then take them. Definitely. Um, I think, it. you know, it's a 50-50 fight. And, you know, it's very exciting to see, you know, the rematch. You don't know, you don't know if it's going to be a repeat or, or it's going to be a, a revenge. Joe, can you believe that it's near, nearly a year to the day that we were all in the Staples Centre and you making uh, that massive statement in front of that American audience on the uh, Wilder Fury undercard? Oh, that was amazing. That was like one of the best fights I've ever seen. Is is electric. The atmosphere is electric. And um, you, you were know, pretty good yourself that night, mate. You know what I mean? That knockout. That knockout that you delivered that night were pretty decent as oh, well. Oh yeah, it's like it's, it's <laughs> textbook. Is um, yeah, it's great. It's good. Got a great action shot as well. I was very pleased with my performance, and you know, um, he was no joke. Like he, you know, the Americans really respected him, knew his name, yeah. and um, you know, I did the job on him like that. It was, uh, it was, it was a great day at the office. Joe, let me just ask you this before you go: How would you fight Andy Ruiz? Yeah, I'll, I'll just do what I do best. I'll, you just plow into I'll him. Keep him up, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep the pressure on. Yeah. And, uh, Knock him senseless. Just, yeah, hit him to the head, hit him to the body, hit him to the eyes, hit him to the jaw, hit him to the, I don't know, wherever, wherever there's a target, I'll be hitting him. And uh, I don't know, I can take a shot as well. So you can, that's why. I don't yeah, mind yeah. taking a few and giving a few more back in, in the soft parts Top of, his, of his, the stomach. <laughs> So there you have it. We are all guns blazing. Saturday night, it goes down in Saudi Arabia. Ruiz versus Joshua. Can 
Anthony Joshua regain his heavyweight crown and become a two-time heavyweight world champion and get us back on track for 2020. Because let's be honest, the narrative of next year is all going to be determined with what happens out in Saudi Arabia. Now, if you're not lucky enough to be out there to watch it, or you fancy something a little bit different to do, you're more than welcome to come and join us as we bring you an exclusive screening at the Redwood Bar, London Bridge. Basically, you pop out a London Bridge station, the Redwood Bar, big sports bars on your right-hand side, come and join us in there. The Manchester Derby, if you're into your football, United versus City's on at around about 5.30, and then we get stuck into an exclusive show from 9 o'clock live on TalkSport, and of course, welcoming you down to come and be a part of that experience. There'll be myself, Nick Pete will be alongside me, we'll be joined by Barry McGuigan and Luke Campbell on the night, so you can come down, meet them, have a bit of a chat to them about boxing, and obviously come and enjoy the show with us. We'll be screening the fight so you can watch it, have a few beers, enjoy the evening, and who knows, you might end up on the radio as well. So that is from around about 9 o'clock live on TalkSport, but we'll be in the arena from around about 5.30. So it's the Redwood Bar, London Bridge, in London of course, Make sure you come down and join us. Failing that, make sure you subscribe to this podcast because on next week's show, we will be picking the bones out of everything that we see in Saudi Arabia. Just to mention as well next weekend, Chris Eubank Jr. is also in action, taking on Matt Kobarov over in the United States of America. And if he comes through that, he could end up being Canelo's mandatory at middleweight. Oof, big news. Lots to talk about in the world of boxing. We are your home for boxing here on TalkSport, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast and come and join us next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.